1: Then I shall know just as also I am known. Well, I've got a Bible. In fact, I've got many Bibles. I've got various translations of Bibles. I know this is gonna bust your bubble on for some of you, but there's a whole lot of things I still don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. But there will come that time when I will know, when I will know. But it's not just because I have a full Bible. No, it's when we face to face. That's when I'll be complete.
0: In today's message, Pastor David teaches about the use of tongues as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Hearing someone speak in tongues is common for some, but not others. But we shouldn't allow our level of comfort to determine what is or is not a gift from God. Just as we trust God to provide for our needs, we also must yield control to God's choice of gifts bestowed upon each person. When it comes to spiritual gifts, we should pray that we'll have discernment and that God will be glorified. And here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, Discerning and Tongues.
1: not the physical tongue. It is the language, a variety of, can we simply say languages? I mean, would that, that wouldn't be stretching it. That's what he is speaking, differing or a variety of languages, variety of tongues. And again, it is a special gift of the Holy Spirit. And then again, the last time there in that chapter, he asked a very important question. Look at verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets... Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Let me stop there. That's the end of verse 29. Do you understand what Paul is writing and how he is writing this? He's writing this with the understanding that your answer, our answer to him will be, well, of course not. Well, of course not. You know, not everybody has the gift of prophecy or, or apostleship or the working of miracles. We know, no, that's, that's the truth. And now he goes on, same concept, same idea. Do all have the gifts of healings? Our answer would be, well, of course not. Do all speak with tongues? Well, yes, if they have the Holy Spirit and they're truly saved. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that many times, different denominations or churches. If you're truly saved, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if you're truly baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. Now, what does that do to someone who truly wants to be saved? Who truly wants to be part of that fellowship they do it i 'll speak in a tongue. It may may not sense to anyone, but I can blabber with the best of them because I want to be saved, I want to be part of the group, and so you have all these false things that are going on, and suddenly you might have a whole room full of false people, but I'm not telling you I'm false. You're not telling me you're false. You're not telling me you're false. But this poor one over here, she's wondering, well, everybody else is doing it, so I've got to do it. Where's the reality of it? I've been in churches, <laughs> went to them for a while. You, you, I don't understand my background. It's strange. Went to churches. I, I forget who I was telling just the other day about this. You went, went to the church. You had to have one of two things, or you had to have two things primarily with you. You needed a Bible and a tambourine, okay? And if you had to leave one at home, leave the Bible at home because they're not going to use it that much anyway, okay? But, I mean, the worship time, I mean, it was lively, I mean, really, really lively. And then in the middle of the service, sometime, you know, hey, let's just all praise God in our heavenly language. And you felt like an absolute doof if you didn't have a heavenly language because everybody around you was. And so what do you do? She wrote a Honda, she wrote a Honda, she wrote a Honda. And there's a lot more that we used to blabber about. but <laughs> Why would we say that that one gift was the necessary gift? When Paul so clearly says, hey, not everybody does that. Well, Paul goes in, in chapter 13, we'll keep going with this. Chapter 13, verse 1, Paul says, look, I speak, what does he say? with the tongues of what men and angels. angels. That's a peculiar thing. Now what is he speaking there? Does that mean that he is he speaks foreign languages as well as some unknown tongue that no one can and no no earthly person can interpret? Well, Daniel, I believe Ezekiel and, and Paul, all three of them at one point in time in their life, they were brought up into the heavenlies. They, they observed things, literally unutterable things. And some say, well, that's kind of what that tongues of angels is. It's it's a language of angels that, that we just don't know. We, we don't interpret. I mean, let's face it. What is the language of God? We don't know, do we? uh uh-uh. I mean, if you're Spanish, you'd say, well, it's Spanish. If you're from Texas, well, it's got to be Texan. Uh, you know, what is the language you yeah, have? We don't know that. There's a multitude of languages. What language was truly spoken prior to the Tower of Babel when God says, well, I'm just going to come up and I'm going to stir this whole thing up and you're going to speak all kinds of languages. We really, really don't know. We, we don't have that understanding at this point in time. I mean, we could say, well, it was the ancient Hebrew language, well, but they don't really have any proof of that. Because again that was prior to all and the, just the changes in that. What is this tongue of men and angels? We're going to get into that a little bit later actually in chapter 14 when Paul speaks there in chapter 14 about praying um, both with knowledge as well as praying in tongues. That kind of understanding. Looking for that verse right now. And again as I said some of my notes were lost there but he explains the use of it much, much more fully and completely in chapter fourteen, but here in chapter eighteen or thirteen, I 'm sorry, uh, drop down to verse eight, verse eight, he says, "Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail, and where there are tongues, they will cease, and where there is knowledge, it'll vanish away, because right now we know in part, and we prophesy in part." But then that which is perfect has come, uh, then that which is in part will be done away with. It says even if there's tongues, they're going to cease. And that's why some say, well, see, when it says when that which is perfect, and I believe we spoke a little bit about this last week, some say, well, that's, that's when the Bible came about. And that's when we finally had the canonization of, of all the 66 books of the Bible. That's the, the perfect there. But, beloved, in logic, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because then we'd have to do away with all these other things. Do we want knowledge to cease? I don't think we want knowledge to cease. We still need to have knowledge. We still need to understand. And if we have a, a real understanding of what prophecy is, the declaring and proclaiming of the things of God, it's not so much foretelling as it is foretelling. Just because we have our Bible, does that mean that then, you know, these words of prophecy cease? No. We continue to, to tell forth the things of God. We declare the things of God. So what is that which is perfect? I believe, again, if you go on and look at this, Paul says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, then when? In the canonization of the scripture? No. But then face to face. When we're with the Lord, that's when the perfect comes. When the Lord comes and he's present, I mean, again, comes to take his church his second coming, he says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Then I'll, or now I know in part, but then I shall know just as also I am known. Well, I've got a Bible. In fact, I've got many Bibles. I've got various translations of Bibles. I know this is going to bust your bubble on for some of you, but there's a whole lot of things I still don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. them. But there will come that time when I will know, when I will know. But it's not just because I have a full Bible. No, it's when we face-to-face, that's when it'll be complete. So no, I don't believe that God is finished with that gift. I don't believe that he's finished with any of the gifts. I believe that Satan has has very sharply, very deceitfully and with great conniving has come in in a way to use these gifts, to imitate these gifts, to draw them away from the truth. And what it does, it draws a division within the body of Christ. (laughs) We don't do anything with those guys because next thing you know, man, they'll start speaking in tongues or something. And that's like really weird and it freaks me out. So we're not going to play with them over there. And so it divides the body of Christ, even within a particular church it causes great fear of understanding, man, I don't know if I'm really saved because I don't have this gift or, or that gift. As a matter of fact, in some churches, you know, you might be really worried, well, I don't know what my gift is. Well, brother, you need to come down to the front row and you need to be praying until God gives you your gift. And so week after week after week, people coming and they're crying and they're asking they're begging they're pleading they're beseeching the Lord, Lord, Show me your gift. Give me my gift. You know what? More often than not, you're probably using that gift without even knowing it. Without even knowing it. You don't need a card. You don't need anybody's stamp of approval. What you need to be is a man or a woman or a young person who is walking purposefully with an intent to serve the Lord and to honor the Lord in your life. And saying, Lord, use me. You know, I don't have a great education. You know, I'm not skilled speaking in front of people. You know, I get all tongue-tied. You know, I, I'm stumbling in this area and that. And pretty soon we sound like Moses, don't we? Lord? You, know, you can't use me, Lord. You can't use Now, Lord, just use me. Just use me. You might be surprised how God might use you in various areas. To touch on the gift of tongues just one more little time, because we're going to spend more time of it, on it when we get into chapter 14. I'm going to throw out a possibility here for you to be considering, praying about, maybe reading up on, looking at. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not the last word on this. Okay, There's, there's a lot of good and godly men who have a variety of understandings on this. I can give you what I feel, and what I feel is honest to the word. When I look at what Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians and when I look at what's happened with the church in the book of Acts, when we lay those things alongside of each other, I start realizing that the gift of tongues is, yes, it's a personal gift. It's a gift. It's the only gift, by the way, and we didn't get into this yet. We'll get into it as we get into 14. It is the one gift that, who does it edify? church. Who does it edify? Myself. Myself. It is the one gift that says, I'm giving you this gift to build you up. And what does all the rest of the gifts do? It's for the church, okay? So I believe that it's a very personal gift. I don't believe that everyone has it. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have said what he said at the end of 12. And again, even in chapter 14, he says... uh, He who speaks to God does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. No one understands him. He speaks mysteries. How could no one understand him? There's got to be somebody that understands Italian in here someplace. There's got to be somebody that understands you know, French or whatever I'm speaking. Perhaps there is, I believe that there is, a tongue that is an understandable language, a known language. But I believe also that in our private, quiet times, that some have been gifted with a what they call you know they call it a prayer language. That's not a biblical term, but it comes from the context of what Paul speaks in chapter 14, that I can pray, and God knows my spirit is communing with the Holy Spirit. And so again, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be fearful of. Paul very clearly, and again, I don't want to go into a long, long detail with it here, but Paul is very clear about the fact that if it's used within a congregational setting, what has to happen? Interpreter. An interpreter. And how many can speak in a tongue at one time? One or two, at the most three at a time. You know, There's got to be an interpreter. There's got to be an interpreter. And if there's not an interpreter, Paul is very solid there. He says, hush. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. So say you come to Calvary Chapel, and on a Sunday night, we've got a prayer time here, and we've been praising the Lord, and we're sitting around in a semicircle, and suddenly in the quietness in between the prayer and and the worship, somebody starts speaking, man, that doesn't sound like Spanish to me. I don't know what he's saying. Could it be that possibly somebody is just praising the Lord in an unknown tongue? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird if you've never been there because you're kind of wondering what's going on here. But whether it be Robert or myself or Alan or one of the elders or whoever the leadership might be that's in that time, if if that takes place in in a way that, again, there's a focus on that. then the simplicity of the question is, is, is there anyone in here that has a gift of interpretation? And we can wait. Now, sometimes God might give the individual who prayed it. The gift of interpretation. As a matter of fact, Paul says, if you have that, man, pray for interpretation too. But again, I don't believe in the context of what we read in the book of of Acts as well as 1 Corinthians that it is a word of prophecy. I believe that God can give someone the gift of a word of prophecy, but it's two separate things. Every place I see for this, I believe that again, it is a praising and honoring God. That's why it's a personal gift so that in my quiet time in my prayer closet i can just man i can be overwhelmed you know with the, with the things of the world with the stuff that's just on me and i can just release to the lord and he might allow me he might gift me again that praying in tongues something i don't understand but i just give it to the lord why because the lord gave it and the lord's receiving it and it's glorifying him and it again edifies him. I can tell you my experience real quick. Several years ago, I don't speak in tongues all the time. I it's not a it's not a normal it's not a regular gift for me. I Try at different times in my own private, quiet times, and I just feel like I'm pushing it. I'm trying. I'm I'm doing the she wrote a Honda thing, you know, too much, and uh, so you know, there, there's sometimes it just depends upon how the Lord is working and moving in my life. But I can tell you this one time that uh, again, I it was a time that God was moving powerfully in my life. Uh, he was literally setting up a, a new stage in my life and in Todd's life, our lives together, and. I went to a friend of mine that I knew he kind of leaned on the charismatic edge if you know what I mean and and I knew that and I was good with that because I knew the guy loved the Lord, he had a heart for the Lord and he wasn't strange and weird, he was just an honest guy but he believed the word of God he believed that yeah the gifts are real they're true and I went in and and I was just going through some stuff and we began praying I think I can tell this story, you know at that point in time as I as I was praying man it just seemed like God just wrapped me just totally in his arms and I began praying in tongues now I thought I was there for about 10 minutes or so his wife was in the other room Whew. I told you I think I can tell this story his wife was in the other room she was praying for us praying for me specifically but also for Chip my friend and she said no you guys were out there for about an hour for about an hour Did I know what I was saying? I had no clue. But you know what? I felt the presence and the power of God in such a powerful way in my life that evening. Now, I've never had that kind of experience since then. I've had some other times just really close with the Lord, yes, but not like that. What God did at that point and that time and that day, I believe was special for that day. And I think I would be dishonoring God if I tried to manufacture that again. And that's the thing I think that frustrates me with, again, some of these gifts. When we try to manufacture what God says, no, I'm going to give it to you as I will. As I will. I'll give it to whomever I please. Whenever I please. So can we pray for the gifts? Absolutely. Paul says pray mostly though that you could prophesy. And again, that's not the foretelling. It's the telling forth. Lord, give me the ability to be able to share your truth to my family, to my friends, to my neighbors, to the guy that I bump into you know, there at the grocery store. Give me that ability to just be able to share your truth. What about this gift of interpretation of tongues? Well, it's just, the easiest definition or explanation of it is just what it is. If we're in a meeting and someone began speaking out in in tongues, then the Lord may give you the opportunity, well, wow, I understood exactly what he said or what she said. And so when somebody says, does anybody have the gift of interpretation? You You might need to step out of your comfort zone and say, well, I don't know, but when they were saying it, the the words that came through my mind were this, 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 and this. You know what? To move in the gifts of the Spirit, if you've never done it before, takes you way out of your comfort zone. Way out. But you know what? It comes to a point of trusting God. These are His gifts. By the way, you're His kid. And you want to do these things to honor Him not to bring glory to yourself, hopefully. You wanted to honor him. And so, Lord, don't lead me into anything weird. And if you do lead me into something weird, well, lead me out really quick, okay? The the gift of interpretation, somebody have an interpretation for that? Yeah, while they were saying that, this is what I think that they were saying. This is the words that were kind of coming to me as they were saying those things. It's not weird, it's different for many, if not most, unless you were raised up in a charismatic or a Pentecostal church. If you were raised up in a, uh, like a Lutheran or Presbyterian or in some Baptist churches, God help you. Um, no. <laughs> it, it'll be totally, be totally off the plate. You just say, whoa, we didn't even talk about that stuff. We didn't even go to those chapters. That's kind of like... It's kind of like the Jews that don't, don't go to Isaiah chapter 53 or 52 and 53. They, they just say, no, we, we don't even want to touch those. Touch them. Pray about it. Read it. And don't be afraid of it. They're gifts that the Lord has given to the church and the individuals. He says, coming back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll finish up with this verse. Again, verse 11 the end of the the other side of the bookmark here. He says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we don't be afraid of it. We don't want to do the wrong thing. We don't want to do a manufactured thing. We don't want to do a false thing at any point in time. But neither do I want to miss what God says, hey, you know what? I've given these to the church in order to bless you for the edification of all, for the profit of all. Amen. Open our
0: us from within by the open word. That's all the time we have for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of First Corinthians on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, We'd like to share with you how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit TheOpenWord.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have, or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We are thankful you've listened to today's message, but want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you're in the Casa Grande area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande.
1: Here's Pastor David with more information. Hey, thanks, Chris. I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande for a time of worship and fellowship and studying the Bible. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning and on Wednesday and Saturday evenings at 6.30 p.m. You can find our address and directions by visiting... TheOpenWord.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you.
0: Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next time for another edition of The Open Word.